mother and daughter Liz and Layla Willingham, who are in the early stages of our family business journey within our public relations and communications agency, Liz Lean PR. In our day-to-day work, we've enjoyed chatting with clients about their family businesses and decided to create this podcast to share the amazing stories of love, loss and exceptional leadership within our nation's family business community. There are over 5 million family businesses in the UK, generating over almost a third of our UK GDP. They're an incredibly important part of our economy and really deserve to be celebrated. In each episode, we discover where human relationship migrates into business, the ups, downs, twists, turns and landmark moments that seal the fate of these fascinating organisations. With six great episodes under our belt, It Runs in the Family is already highlighting some incredible insights about how these legacy businesses work. We have had the good fortune to attract some fantastic brands to the podcast and have loved talking to the inspiring characters who run them. There have been so many wonderful soundbites that we thought we would do a special episode, a kind of best of, with a collection of memorable conversations we have had with our guests so far. We look forward to bringing you another series in the coming weeks. There are some cracking guests to come. We spoke to Warren Haskins, chairman of Haskins Garden Centres. Having suddenly been thrust into the driving seat of a business over 100 years and three generations old after the sudden passing of his father, Warren shared the story that Haskins has written throughout this time. From a small stretch of land costing just £10 a year to a multi-million pound business with a team over 600 strong. I went in the next morning and sat the staff down and said, look, my father died um, Last night, I was, I was in a state of shock, and I'm going to take over. Although my parents' best friend advised me to go back and finish my course, I've never regretted stepping into my father's shoes when the time was right. So it was a shock, and it was a very busy time. I mean, I can't really remember very clearly what, what happened then, apart from the fact that I rolled my sleeve up and got on with it. We heard how Warren adapted to such a life-altering event how he shaped the business as a result, and the emphasis on nurturing a strong team and selecting the right staff, even in a family business. Basically, I was thrown into it. We had about seven staff then. They all knew more about the business than I did. And I think that was a very important uh, period of my development. And then I told them to get on with it because they knew more than I did. And I think that's one of the reasons we've been so successful, because I've trusted other people to get on with the role that we employ them to do. And there was no big switch, apart from my father's death. Mm. And, and I, it, just, it just grew and developed. Warren takes us along his journey, from childhood memories picking out bedding plants to evolving his relationship with the business, and a nod to what the future might hold for Haskins. We have a family meeting uh, every year. And when I was getting to 65, I said to, to the, uh, I sat down in front of them, I said, look, I've always thought that when I was 65, we ought to determine the future of the business. And their faces all dropped. Mm. They thought I was going to sell it, which was one of the loveliest uh, moments of my, uh, you know, of my family business life. Raised in the Netherlands, the birthplace of gin, 
it's only natural that twin sisters, Joyce and Raisa Tahaz, have a natural affinity for superlative drinks and excellent blendings. However, their love affair for gin exacerbated their frustration at the bland and uninspiring choice of mixes and sodas, leading to the creation of Double Dutch Drinks. So I think we always have been super passionate about wine, champagne, spirits growing up because our parents always used to organize lots of tastings for friends and family. And then as we grew older and we started throwing parties ourselves and started drinking ourselves, we just noticed that there are so many amazing gins and vodkas and tequilas on the market. And especially, I think it started about 10 years ago, there was kind of this experimentation in the drinks industry where there was like different types of flavors like rhubarb gin and saffron gin and such a different method of flavors and and flavor pairings as well. But choice of tonic waters was kind of lacking behind and it was just a normal tonic and maybe a soda water and maybe a little bit more of a premium flavored tonic, but there was no real innovation in the category. So we just started making our own soft drinks during years at university for our friends and kind of brought that to our house parties. Now the proud owners of over 15 awards and claiming a spot in Forbes 30 Under 30, the Tonic Twins have leveraged their twin thing connection on a path that's seen them secure an investment with Heineken, a fellow family business. We always said that they would be the best family for Double Dutch to have on board because it's so relevant from a cultural perspective. They're family owned, they're Dutch, uh, they're the biggest, um, I think they're the second biggest beer brand in the world and one of the biggest uh, drinks brands in the world. So the fact to have them on board has been really, really amazing. This fun episode focuses on a youthful family business and offers a glimpse into one of the closest family relationships that exist. Hear how Joyce and Raisa use each other's skills to their advantage and manage their incredibly close relationship within a professional setting. Having like 100% trust is just super important. And you know that there's never, I think on the other hand, it's also quite time efficient because you never need to think like, oh, I need to find the right words, trying to be diplomatic. Uh, If we don't agree, then we don't agree. And it's just full on saying like, no, that's not true. And we'll talk it through. It's never that we need to think about the other person's feeling because you're still family. So you're used to having kind of just open discussions and a little fight doesn't matter. We'll have a fight at 10 a.m. And by 10, 15, it's finished and we're all big love again. So I think that's the good thing and it, it helps with business. Few family businesses can say they've spanned seven generations, such as achieved by Hall & Woodhouse, brewers of award-winning Badger beers and owners of over 250 pubs across the South. Whoever's sort of running the business in, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, if that's the exact same way it's being run now, we probably aren't doing a very good job because if we hadn't adapted and innovated, we're going to be left behind. Taking the reins of Hall & Woodhouse upon the sudden passing of his brother, Executive Chairman Anthony Woodhouse recalls his father's advice on the business's true purpose and sets a high bar for his son Matt, who serves as commercial manager. You know, the fundamental fact is, is in order to continue to succeed in our industry, we need to employ the best people. Yes. I remember my father saying to me, one of my earliest uh, memories of my father, Anthony, H&W is not there to provide employment for Woodhouses. It's Mm -hmm. there to generate wealth for all stakeholders. I think the realisation I came to is the business 
that I decided to join three years ago is very, very different to how it might have looked had David not died because it's it's been run by dad for the last 10 or so years rather than David. So I think I'll never really know the answer to the question whether I, I would have joined had David not passed away. Family values pump through the veins of the business, treating employees like family and maintaining their big mission to make people's day from the top to the front line. Find out the lessons that only 244 years can teach and what's next for Hall and Woodhouse on their episode of It Runs in the Family. We've been around for nearly 250 years and we very much want to be around for the next 250 years. If we're not doing it sustainably and if if the planet can't reach a, a point of sustainability in the very near future, what's the point? Literally, I mean, we might as well be chasing short-term profit because the world might blow up in the next 10 years. <laughs> so we've, we've got to do our part in helping in helping the business and everything we touch, everything we can impact, being sustainable and being round indefinitely. The story of Jimmy's Ice Coffee is a 10-year journey of massive wins, starting on the South Coast and earning its place as a household name. I've got to face the like, inevitable fact that I'm going to come home and iced coffee doesn't exist in the UK. And I came home, turned out it does exist in the UK, but it's all just rubbish. Taste rank, it's in a really, just the majority of it is just awful. And I thought, do you know what? This is like my ah, moment of, <laughs> dude, you could actually do something now. Because when I was growing up, I did lots of like little pretend businesses. Like I used to go and buy, Susan and I both grew up in Dubai. So we used to go and buy don't bring me into this. Oh, we used to go and buy booze from you the local fishing and village and then go booze. and sell it into school before the weekend. <laughs> and then used to go and find like fake surf backpacks in in one of these like little stores in our in our neighborhood and used to sell them into school saying my uncle's just flown over from the States and he's bought all these surf bags. Who wants them? So I made loads of money off the back of that. So I've always had like little business ideas in my brain. And I thought, do you know what? This is probably the one that I need to actually chase. A degree of the success of this family-owned business might be explained by an almost telepathic understanding between the brother and sister pairing of Susie and Jim. Yes, Jim is in Jimmy's. I, I think working with a family member is is they're the perfect person to work with because of all the things we've discussed. But you just no matter you just won't you just don't get that depth of of all of those really important qualities like the understanding, the intuition, the mind reading, the the look on your eye, you just don't get that with um, without blood. From the inception of the idea from Jim's experience in Australia, right through to the established brand we know today, with high calibre ambassadors like Dame Judy Dench, the story is one of nurturing a culture with no hierarchy and supporting each other through thick and thin. It was always, always look ahead, look up. We, we just didn't even have time to look back and, and look over our shoulder and think, is this going to work or not? I think had we done that, we would have taken our eye off what was in front of us. We have this thing called Take 24, which is just just sleep on it and we'll come back with the answer tomorrow. Because if it's it's got to be, if it's worth it, you had then have to sleep on it. And so that's your excuse to be able to sleep on it is because mm. it's such a big decision. Mm. And then if you come out of it saying no, you kind of go, oh, yes, I'm mm. so glad we said no. I can't believe what 24 can do, 24 hours can do. You can literally go from one end of the, of the spectrum to the other mm. um, just with a good sleep. From facilitating the first Ford dealership in the early 20th century through to its current extensive roster of manufacturers, 
Hendy Group has grown immensely since it started in 1859. I think the thing that I'm, I'm really proud of with all of them is, is the level of respect uh, and how they communicate with their colleagues in the company is, is genuine and yes. heartfelt. Yes. And there's no sense of entitlement. Yes. Uh, and that's exactly how it should be. Driving the business through some of its most turbulent times in recent memory, Chief Executive Paul Handy and his son and General Manager Will Handy have seen Handy Group's team exhibit incredible resilience to continue the family's legacy. I was never pushed into the family business. I think if I was, I would have been. I would have done the complete opposite. It would have been like when you're told not to do something, mm-hmm. you go and do it. Yeah. We have a bit of fun along the way, but we can make decisions as swiftly as I think anybody. And then if we if we set our sights on an acquisition or a target, then it's my job to go and. Go get it. In this episode of It Runs in the Family, the father-son pairing share how they've structured themselves to maintain a degree of independence, stayed risk-aware without being risk-averse, and the importance of not forcing the next generation to take a role in the family trade. The crucial piece is is who you get around you, your support network, Mm. the team that you create and manage to motivate is absolutely crucial. It's not about us. It's not about us. So it's about that team being the best in the business, understanding our values and and everything uh, that we stand for and executing it and delivering it. That's what it's about. The rise in popularity of culinary TV personalities has promoted some of the most successful chefs into rock stars. We all know Nigella, Gordon, Jamie and Gino on a first name basis. What separates Rick Stein's family brand apart, however, is the attention to detail in their hospitality. We were never trained, but we just knew that we had to make a success of this business because that was all we had, and we did. I think television was the sort of catalyst, really, and I I don't think we we would have been where we were today if Rick hadn't got on TV and had his programme. and well, and got, that, got on the BBC, I think. Yeah, well. I mean, you and, talk, talk to other chefs that have had a similar, like Tom Carriage, for instance, you talk to Tom about his career since TV, and he, he will say a very similar thing, because people love him. He's, got, he's very approachable. He's on the BBC. He's kind of got that, you know, that kind of, um, he's got great charisma. And he will say exactly the same thing that mum would say about how it much it's changed his business and his life. TV just does that to you. Founder and co-owner of the seafood restaurant in Padstow, Jill Stein, and chef director Jack Stein are a mother and son team whose skill set spans the interior decoration to invite people in and the first-class cuisine that rewards those who visit. We always said to the children when they were young, you do not have to come and work in this business. We were always very sure that they had to follow their own careers. When I went to university, I then was like, face with the prospect of you know cooking for myself and cooking for flatmates and stuff and it was just very clear almost immediately that vicariously i'd picked up an awful lot about food and and how to cook without actually being shown anything we hear from the duo on how they've upheld the reputation of a highly successful and well-respected brand the trust that forms the backbone of their rock band like hospitality team and holding family members to the same standards as the rest of the company 
I always look at it as a band. It's it's like a rock band. You know, you've got the drummer, the bass player. We all have our part to play, but the main person is Rick. And that's really important because, you know, we all have a part to play as it's a family business. You have to trust your managers. You have to trust your top team that you, you need to find the right people and then trust them to do the job. And I think if you, you know, if you're second guessing or micromanaging your top, the top of your team who you empowering to run your business, then you're going to struggle. We hope you've enjoyed our romp through our first six episodes of It Runs in the Family. It's been a real joy to create and we're looking forward to speaking more family businesses in the weeks to come. Join us as we discover more family businesses. You get sneaky peeks from what it's like behind the scenes and we lift the bonnet on what it means to run and operate a family organisation. So hit subscribe now to hear the episodes as they go live and make sure to follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter to never miss an update at FamilyBizPod or find us on Instagram or LinkedIn by searching It Runs in the Family. Thanks so much.